Welcome to the Ableton and Music Habits Podcast, episode 38. Welcome to the Ableton and Music Habits Podcast, actionable music production tips to take your music to the next level. And now, your host, Jason Timothy. Hey guys, and welcome to another podcast episode. Today, I want to get into something called ghost tracks. So ghost tracks are kind of a creative technique in songwriting that isn't really often talked about, but can be really effective in inspiring good ideas. When you come to your studio with like a blank slate, it can sometimes be difficult to decide what exactly you're gonna do in the studio, what kind of music you're gonna create. And there's several conscious or unconscious questions that will need to be answered. For example, what style of music will I be making? What tempo will the song be at? What key will the song be in? What mood would I like to capture in this song? Now, sometimes when you're inspired, all of these questions are naturally answered without any trouble. But without that spark of inspiration, you're kind of wandering aimlessly, hoping that some of your toying around with sounds and rhythms grabs your interest. And sometimes that can work. Uh, But this could be a long process or can end up uh, with several false starts. And that's where ghost tracks can really kind of come in and save the day. Now, before we go any further, let's uh, just make clear that a ghost track is not a ghost producer. There's no one producing your song for you. There's no one doing the work for you. You're still doing the work for yourself. So don't get that confused at all. So the process of using a ghost track is really pretty simple. Typically, you find a song that affects you on an emotional level something that captures a mood and inspires you. You don't have to know why it inspires you. No need to reverse engineer the song. Instead, you're gonna use the song itself as a template for your own work. Now, this is different than using a reference track. With the reference track, you're just kind of referencing back and forth to you know, kind of make sure your song has you know, a similar feel, it doesn't have too much or too little. This is a little bit different, okay? So what we would do is we would drag the song into a new music project. And then from here, there's several things that we can do. We can use the song structure and chord arrangement as is, or you can grab a certain section and loop it. And this is normally the way that I approach it. I like to grab a loop and work with that, preferably being an instrumental section. That way the song is not overly dictating what I can do. So what you'll do from there is you'll play on top of this song. So you're literally using a piece of this song as the building block for creating your own song. It's kind of like you're walking in and a band's playing and you strap on a guitar and you start playing along to it, right? So that's kind of the way that you're approaching this. So what you'll do from here is you'll simply play on top of it. You'll add your own melody, bass part, pads, drums, and you'll just keep building on top. And while you're playing on top of this ghost track, you're going to be slowly kind of removing different parts of this original ghost track. For example, if I'm adding my own drums to this, then I'm probably gonna EQ out, you know, some of the the original drum parts. Because the thing is, as we go further and add more parts, we want to less and less have the need for the original part. Because eventually what we're going to do is we're going to remove the original part altogether, and we're gonna be left with only our own parts that we created. 
So what you're going to do is you're just going to keep on improvising and building on top of the loop for several minutes and trying to play something different that captures a similar mood for you, but probably, you know, obviously uses the same chord structure because you're playing on top of it. Now, once you remove the original part, you could always change the, the key of the song. You could always move those MIDI notes or whatever, you know, up or down to shift the key if you feel it sounds too similar to the original. Uh, all, all of that stuff is totally up to you. But essentially why they call it a ghost track is because the ghost of another song is in your song, even though you end up removing it, okay? So you, you remove that, but you end up with the feel, the emotional kind of spark of that original song in your own song. It's kind of like having someone guide you towards something captivating and away from your mental blocks. You don't have the same pressure of making all these little decisions, but instead you're just jamming to something you already love. And what a great state of mind to be working from, especially when you don't have that inspiration initially when you sit down with a blank slate. I mean, if we're honest about it, great music is what inspires other great songs. It would be no exaggeration to say that much of the music you love was inspired by a song or songs that the artist loved. Many great songs have simply borrowed another song's drum rhythm or chord structure. Sometimes a melody is hijacked noticeably, or sometimes it's altered just enough to disguise the original influence. Think about how a genre of music is created. Do you think it's just a bunch of unconnected artists that randomly ended up in the same place? Well, maybe there's a minuscule percent of these cases, but overwhelmingly, someone does something that sounds fresh and a bunch of other artists jump on that idea and do their own version. They borrow kind of 90% of someone else's idea and put their own 10% twist on it. So what you're probably asking is, is this cheating? Is it in some way unethical to borrow from your favorite music? And it really depends on your idea of what cheating is. Where does cheating really start or end? If cheating is using someone else's hard work for your own purpose, then pretty much any tool is cheating. The piano is a beautiful instrument that has wonderful tone when played a certain way, but can you really take credit for how wonderful it sounds just because you assigned chords and notes to it? You gotta admit that some of the magic is in the sound itself, even if you've tweaked that sound. Then there's your recording devices, the software on your computer, your hardware, the effects, the mixing engineer, and the mastering guy. That would be a lot to take on to make something completely original and your own. You can't take credit for the sound itself, just as a cook can't take credit for the knives he uses or even the ingredients. How many people have made lasagna or an omelet? Even though people make them at least 80% the same, there are those minor details that makes an average cuisine amazing. Imagine how awful it would be if there was no theft allowed in cooking. There would only be like one spaghetti sauce or one peanut butter, right? What a waste of a chance to improve upon a good idea. Oftentimes the artist might consider the magic moments in a song as a mistake or a failure, but may inspire a whole league of loyal followers unexpectedly. And this is a creative evolution and nothing could be more natural. In all of our creative endeavors, we're always standing on the shoulders of giants with anything we do creatively. 
Nothing is 100% original. We're using tools that are improvements on other tools and so on. The tools are constantly being tweaked and refined for different preferences. These tools allow us to inject our own skills into the process without having to reinvent every necessary wheel. We get to focus on our strengths while benefiting from the creativity of those who came before us. I think this kind of borrowing and theft can be a wonderful thing, even though some theft gives more creative results than others. This borrowing allows us to fully explore a sound with different artists coming at it from a different perspective. There will always be hacks that don't really add anything to the pod. But then there could be a magic mixture that only has like, you know, a few percent tweak, but affects us in a very positive and special way. The whole art of music is really a process of imitation and tweaking to one's taste. This could be pretty much said for any kind of creative work. You learn the rules and then you break them. Are you trying to live on your own creative island or are you willing to interact with the magic that is all around you? Personally, I give you permission to join the party and I'm not giving up the ghost anytime soon. So if you like the idea of ghost tracks, if you wanna like dive deeper with me, I've actually created a ghost track video masterclass and also shared my Ableton project so that you could completely watch over my shoulder as I use a ghost track to build a new song idea. And you get to see every step of the process and the way I think about it. And you get to see you know, the beginning inspiration and the end result. So if that's something that you're interested in checking out, you could just simply go to musicsoftwaretraining.com forward slash ghost. Hey guys, thanks again for listening to the podcast. Make sure to subscribe and share this with your friends. Any producers that you know out there that could use this sort of information, obviously that helps me greatly and helps me build this channel. Also, don't forget that you can read my best-selling book, The Mental Game of Electronic Music Production, for free by going to musicsoftwaretraining.com forward slash the mental game. You'll also get my song recovery kit and my 101 Ableton Tips video totally free. If you'd like to connect with me more directly to see how I might be able to help you personally, you can schedule a free 15-minute session with me by going to musicsoftwaretraining.com forward slash application and answering a few quick questions. Happy music making, and I'll speak to you real soon.